Everybody's working for the weekend. Happy Friday, everyone. This is J.C. Sherbert. This is ITG Daily inside the Gamecocks podcast daily. Uh, pre-recording this, uh, have something to do on Friday, so I usually bang these out like the day of, uh, just so I don't miss anything. But uh, recording this earlier, uh, I'm going to set it up to schedule to publish. So hopefully, if it goes live early and it's still Thursday, if th- that's a technical issue. <laughs> but I hope you enjoy this episode nonetheless as uh, we talk Gamecocks here Monday through Friday with me. It's kind of a monologue format. I just kind of get there and talk and bring up various topics and, and things of that nature like I enjoy doing. We have the Football Inside Show that comes out on Wednesdays with myself and Tony Morell, And uh, probably going to get uh, together with Whittle or Hale or who knows, some other guests or whatever, and, and have some more special shows uh, along with me yammering every single day here about the Gamecock solo, which, I, like I said, I enjoy doing. I enjoy having a conversation about this stuff uh, most days and uh, giving reaction and opinion and diving into topics. I think that's uh, that's what's good uh, about talking Gamecocks. So, um, and maybe we'll have a, a little Q&A, too, for those of you that are VIP members on thebigspur.com. Uh, I'm going to try to probably get that rolling next week where I'll take questions on the message board uh, and uh, answer them right here. Uh, you got to be a VIP on TBS to do it, but uh, I'll answer your questions right here. Uh, on the ITG Daily Podcast. Or, or maybe it'll be a special episode. Who knows? There's all kinds of things you can do. This is a 24-7 sports podcast. Did want to mention some news this week from 24-7 sports. We hired Josh Pate, who uh, a lot of you are familiar with, uh, for his work on The Late Kick. It was a YouTube-generated show. Uh, he's now going to be doing videos and pods and being a national college football expert uh, for 24-7 sports. Uh, CBS Interactive. I, I, I'm excited about that. I've, I've thought Josh was a guy that's had a ton of talent or that has a ton of talent. Um, he, he knows his stuff. He knows facts. He's entertaining. Um, he, um, you know, disagree with him sometimes and his takes like we all do. Everybody disagrees with people all the time. But I respect everything that comes out of his mouth because he does his homework and, and everything that he says you know, disagree or agree, um, I think comes with with a logical line of thought and is backed up by something. Whether that's sources, whether that's just analytics, whether it's stats, you know, whether it's it's just a gut feeling that, that he's got. I mean, it's it's always good, and that's kind of how I judge folks. I think nowadays, uh, in anything, you know, sports, politics. Um, news, uh, whatever, movies, entertainment. You, you have people that uh, you know that, that are just talking, and and it's and, and look, you may say, well, JC, you're just talking here on this podcast, and that's true. Uh, but I do try to back it up with some logic, and I always try uh, to explain why I, I take a certain position to the audience because I think I owe that to you because otherwise it's just boring if I'm just sitting here saying anything, you know, pulling a, um, you know, a hot take out of a hat, a grab bag of hot takes, 
uh, I don't know that uh, I don't know that many of you would listen, and there's certainly a lot of you that do listen and read and all that, and I I really appreciate that. I appreciate each and every one of you giving me the opportunity uh, to talk about the athletics program that I've followed since I was a little kid. Uh, each and every day and uh, on the bigspur.com and right here. So that's just a personal thank you for me. Um, Gamecocks do have a basketball game tomorrow night. We'll talk basketball for her a little bit and then we'll roll into some junior day. I've got a dozen prospects uh, and there's going to be more than a dozen on campus for 2021 and then some really good 2022 kids uh, coming in uh, to visit the Gamecocks football program this weekend. But I, I pulled out a half dozen that I want to kind of do a dive into. Um, Hale McGranahan, John Whittle, John Del Bianco on the Big Spur. Uh, we'll have complete coverage of all the guys uh, that come in and some updates throughout the weekend, so be sure to check that out on TBS. Um, but I'm going to talk about those guys here in a second. I think it's it's a good looking at the list right now, just preliminarily before we switch to basketball. I promise we're going to switch to basketball here in a sec. Um it's another solid group, you know, and, and I think it's just the right size right now because, it, you know, it's not this 30-person uh, free-for-all. Um, and, and some of the guys that do have early offers that I know they really want, you know, they can kind of drill down with that. The DeMarco Williams commitment was facilitated by a very good junior day visit where they showed him a lot of love, that type of stuff. And, and I think that's smart recruiting. Uh, I really do. And um, and that's kind of the, the, the long and short of my opinion on the junior day in and of itself. But basketball, 8 p.m. tip-off, SEC Network, Vandy's coming to town. And uh, I was looking at their team today, kind of getting a feel, because I've, I've seen them play a couple of times. They're not that good. Um, and, and it's kind of a, a life-comes-at-you-fast kind of deal. You know, Vandy, when they had Bryce Drew, and those of you that listen to me and Keith on a lot on the Gamecast podcast know we called him the clapper. Because he just kind of clapped and didn't coach very well. Recruited pretty well. Um, but, boy, got fired after going 0-19. And then Vandy hires Jerry Stackhouse. Yeah, that, that Jerry Stackhouse. Played at North Carolina. Played in the league for a long time as their head coach. Uh, one of those out-of-the-box NBA-esque hires uh, that have worked out for some programs, quite frankly. You know, uh, Penny Hardaway at Memphis, I had big questions. Because I was like, well, I think he'll be able to recruit to Memphis, which you have to recruit at Memphis. That's what they expect you to do. Um, but I was like, X's and O's wise, they just got rid of Tubby Smith, who's really good. Um, but digging into it, you know, and, and looking at the results, Penny Hardaway's probably the poster child for success there. Patrick Ewing's doing a good job at Georgetown, too, for the most part. Um, probably not as good as Penny, but uh, Stackhouse is kind of one of those guys, a known NBA guy uh, that's coming in and and trying to uh, resurrect the Vanderbilt basketball program, but life comes at you fast. Vanderbilt has lost 23 straight SEC games in the regular season. Um, 0-18 last year, then they lost in the tournament, so 0-19. I guess they're not counting the tournament. Um, And then they're 0-5 this year. If they lose to the Gamecocks tomorrow night, that's 24 straight. That's the first time that's happened since 1938 through 1940 for the Commodores basketball program. And I think we can agree, you know, Vandy historically struggles in football. Um, 
they're not world beaters in basketball, but they've been competitive at times. They kind of just like every SEC program currently, except you know Florida and Kentucky, they cycle up, they cycle down. They they have just as good a shot as anybody. Um, and then in baseball, they were terrible until Tim Corbin got there, and they started you know enhancing their scholarships for that particular sport if they will. Now they're you know two time national champions and. You know, there's no end in sight. You know, they're one of the best, probably a top three program in the country in baseball. But, you know, if you look at basketball, Vandy's a, that's a sport where they feel like they should compete, and, and rightfully so. I mean, Memorial Gym in Nashville is a good home court. Um, they come out and support the, the team. Uh, they've had some great players there over the years. They can sell academics. Um, it's much easier to assemble a 13 person basketball roster with kids that want to go to an academic school than it is to assemble a hundred man football roster um, with kids that can get in and handle the coursework. So, so, so they shouldn't be like this. I mean, this is, this is weird, you know, uh, quite frankly. Um, and Aaron Neesmith, who's from the state of South Carolina, who infamously said, or, or, or who it was infamously reported that he didn't like Frank Martin's coaching, so he wasn't going to be a Gamecock. He went to Vandy. He was one of the, the Clappers recruits, had a good freshman year. He was he was tearing it up. He was lighting it up, 23 points a game. Had a season-ending foot injury the second game of the SEC schedule against Texas A&M, and the bottom has fallen out. Um, they played Auburn within four points. In their SEC opener, 83-79. Then the loss is just, I mean, it hadn't even been close. 69-50 to at home to Texas A&M. 75-55 at Arkansas. 66-45 at home to Tennessee. And then 77-62 at home to Bama. You know, during the week, this week, they can't score really well. Uh, they're not shooting it well. Uh, they do have a freshman, Dylan DeSue, who put for 21 against Bama. That gives them some hope. But this is a game South Carolina absolutely must win and absolutely should win because uh, the Gamecocks are better. Vanderbilt's just struggling right now. They're, they're the bottom of the league uh, at this point. The, the net rating is 145. And so we'll see what happens. Uh, night night tip-off, uh, you know, if you're going out and having beers Saturday night uh, and you're in the, uh, the Vista down there in Columbia – you can keep right on having beers now at, at the CLA while you're watching the game because they they do sell beers. You know, I don't I don't expect a miracle for the crowd uh, Saturday, but you know, a good crowd probably would pick these guys up. You know, the opponent is definitely beatable. You go in, get a good win, feel good about yourself because you got to go to Arkansas the next week in another you know game with major implications. I talked on the on the podcast yesterday about getting to five and four. In the first half of the of the SEC season, is an absolute must. Six and three, even better. But you're still going to be looking at having to go seven and two. Um, you know, maybe six and three. Maybe you get into twelve and six if you if you beat Arkansas um, to have any shot at the NCAA tournament. Those those, those losses are killing South Carolina right now. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I think this is an opportunity for a con- another conference win to get back to three and three, to get to eleven and eight overall, and that's what it is. And then you go take your shot out in Fayetteville. But um, Vandy is not a good basketball team, uh, and I don't know that they were great when they had Neesmith, But anytime you have a star player that can fill it up like him, 
you can stay in games, but but now it's just it's tough. Jerry Stackhouse is having a tough start, uh, and like I said, if the Gamecocks win this weekend, that's 24 SEC losses in a row for the Commodores. That hadn't happened since before World War II. Uh, well, 38 to 40. I guess World War II had broken out. Uh, the United States was not involved, of course, until after December seventh, nineteen forty-one. But uh, you know that era. You know the 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 tail end of the depression is when the last losing streak started. So that's a long time ago. So Gamecocks and Vanderbilt, eight p.m. SEC Network. Uh, check it out. Um, a good shot, like I said, to get back to three and three in the league, and then you know you keep on keeping on from there. It's a chance to kind of get home and wipe away the bad taste of the Auburn loss, uh, which we talked about on the podcast yesterday. All right, so that's that's the basketball spiel. Um, we'll be talking, you know, on Monday when we get back, I'll talk about what happened in that game and how it went down and, and all this other stuff. But switching to Junior Day. Uh, second straight weekend in a row that the Gamecocks have had, you know, 2021s, 2022s on campus. And uh, I'm going to talk about, you know, like I said, I got a half dozen, the ITG Daily half dozen, uh, if you will, guys to kind of talk about. First guy, uh, in-state defensive tackle from Gaffney, uh, one of the more famous high school programs in the state, successful high school programs in the state, of course, Home of Sidney Rice, I guess, would be uh, one of the Gamecocks that's come out from Gaffney. There's, there's kind of a long list. Uh, Lou Sa- going back to Lou Sossman uh, in terms of guys from Gaffney that have played at South Carolina. Uh, 6'4", 260, uh, athletic guy, like him a lot. You know, think he could be a good interior guy. A lot of people have him in the three-star range. Tennessee offered um, and had him at junior day last weekend. And a lot of these guys – are kind of on the tail end uh, of Tennessee. You know, Gamecocks are in Tennessee are kind of the two schools in the mix. But uh, big, strong kid, uh, you know, based on what I've heard, uh, you know, I think it's the Gamecocks and the Vols right now. Uh, and based on some things I've heard from Gaffney Way, uh, I think South Carolina's in good shape, you know, uh, as long as they push and want him and all that. So it's a big visit uh, for him because I think any time – you know, Tennessee or any other SEC team is in on a kid from South Carolina that South Carolina wants, you don't need to lose him to uh, a division rival. And you don't want to start this precedent where Tennessee's coming in and landing guys. Uh, that's what concerns me about the Jalen Hyatt thing. You know, Gamecocks didn't offer him, evaluated him, decided to pass. Very fast receiver out of Dutch Fork. He's going to Tennessee. You know, following Bryce Thompson, and, and you know Bryce Thompson was not a situation where he picked Tennessee over Carolina. He didn't have an option to go to Carolina, but you start getting guy after guy, and all of a sudden, you know, there's a guy South Carolina really wants and can take, and the Vols come snatch him, and then you know that hasn't happened frequently or at all uh, around South Carolina since the Philip Fulmer era, and really before Spurrier. I mean, it was Holtz. Holtz was the last guy. I mean, and I don't. Was Robert Ayers a Spurrier recruit, or I think it was a he was a Holtz recruit. You know, Robert Ayers. Uh, I think's the last guy I can think of that went to Tennessee from South Carolina 
at high school, you know, there's Cordero Patterson, obviously, South Carolina guy. Um, you know, that was a guy the Gamecocks could have wanted and used ended up being pretty good. So the Gamecocks, uh, one of the keys in recruiting, and, and I never I never think it's a huge deal to lose a, a specific prospect because, you know, obviously they're special players that you, you recruit and you don't get that you wish you had, but, you know, it, one guy doesn't, ma- you know, isn't a bad thing. But the Gamecocks can't lose in-state players that they want to Tennessee or North Carolina. Uh, you know, really, Georgia or Clemson, maybe Alabama, you know, Auburn, schools like that. Some kids want to go to, you know, Florida or used to. Uh, but Tennessee, the Gamecocks have done a good job of boxing those guys out as their program has kind of eroded during the past decade. And you don't want to start that again. You just don't want to start that again. And Tennessee's trying. So, you know, and that's a, that's a big picture kind of thing. That's a, that's not necessarily, you know, hey, this Ingram Dawkins kid from Gaffney is, you know, one of the keys to the class. Uh, I'm just speaking in general. You do not want Tennessee to start making inroads back within the state. You know, that's not a good thing if you're the Gamecocks, especially in this cycle where there's not a lot of in-state talent. Um, next guy, man, we've, I've watched his film. I watched it again today, and this guy's nasty. Robbie Oots, I think that's how you say it. I'm going I'm to call him Oots until um, it's Oots or Ausitz. Ausitz would be, I don't know. If, if anybody knows how to pronounce his name, uh, drop it on the big spur and tell me uh, if you know for sure. But Robbie Oots from Rock Hill High School, the Bearcats. Um this guy's a nasty blocker, a big, physical, nasty blocker. Uh, and then he's athletic and can, can catch it. Really good basketball player, too. Um, this is the type of guy that, that I like at tight end. Um, and most of your tight ends that work out, you know, go to the NFL and play a long time and that kind of stuff, are guys like this. You know, they're big, they can run, they can catch, but they also will block. And they're very physical. And so... Uh, and that's not 100%. You know, you, you have guys. I mean, Jared Cook uh, probably wasn't the best blocker in the world and has had a long and successful career in the NFL catching passes. Um, so it's not 100% of the time, but most of the time, you know, you're tight ends that, that have that nasty streak, but that can also catch and run and, and be athletic end up being pretty good. I think this kid's really good. I think that – I haven't done enough, you know, especially with in-person evaluations, to formulate a ranking within the state. But he would be on my list of potential number one players in the state. Now, that's how highly I think of this kid. And he's, uh, he's visiting. And Will Muschamp watched him play ball, basketball, earlier this week. And uh, Rock Hill is certainly an important area. And on top of that, Joe Cox, the new tight ends coach, uh, he has the Rock Hill area, so this is a chance maybe for him to, you know, get a dude that's a pretty good player. Um, and I think, you know, as Tony and I talked about during the football episode earlier this week, you know, the tight ends and, and all that, that's that's a position that, you know, South Carolina is probably going to be even better at. I think South Carolina, you know, in the last decade – at tight end has been as good as anybody if you look at the players that have come through and performed at a high level and gone on to the next level. You know, Hayden Hurst, I mentioned Jared Cook. You know, Busta Anderson was a draft pick. Jarrell Adams was a draft pick. Um, 
but you know th- this this guy here. I mean, you, you just I mean, even if he comes in and plays special teams and knocks guys on their butt uh, in the early part of his career, uh, this guy's something else, you know. So I, I, I want to continue uh, to praise you know the way that he plays the game, um, and I think it's a big thing that South Carolina is getting back for the junior day. Um, Gamecocks over the years, you know, Rock Hill kids typically historically either go out of state or come to South Carolina. Now I know that's changed somewhat with, you know, Darian Kendrick went to Clemson and all that, and they've got a former coach from Northwestern on their staff. But I, I, I think that, you know, with Jakari Caldwell in 2020 uh, and then this guy coming up in 2021, you know, Rock Hill's got players again, big time guys. Uh, and it's important for the Gamecocks to, to land those. So, you know, that and the Tennessee thing are more big-picture recruiting things, but that's why you listen to me. I'm pretty good at uh, – not always right, but I'm pretty good at, like, sketching out the big picture on the recruiting trail. This next guy is a guy I really like, too, and the Gamecocks found him. There is only Power 5 offer. He's coming in. I talked about him before. Patrick Tukes from Telfair County, Georgia. You know, six three and a half, two seventy. 270. Very athletic guy. Um Upside City, uh, in my opinion, and he, and he may not even be Upside City because it's Telfair County. Uh, it's kind of a you know one of those hidden places in Georgia, <laughs> if you will. Um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see you know ten plus Power Five offers from the South. I mean, you know, I can't imagine Mississippi, Mississippi State, Arkansas. You know, coming through and not offering him, they they obviously all recruit George Will. Arkansas actually offered Demarco Williams, who committed to the Gamecocks this week. Um, you know, Florida, Tennessee. I mean, I'm shocked Tennessee. You know, this is a guy that I think uh, has a big time upside. And 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 what I mean by it may not be upside city is it may just be that he's just now getting known. Um, so he may end up being. You know, big top 100 type of guy. I don't know enough about the other defensive linemen to kind of play comparison. Uh, I'll say that as far as rankings go, just looking at it, I would have him slightly ahead of the in-state guy South Carolina's offered. You know, maybe Justice Boone has a little more upside physically. Um, but, but I would rank him slightly ahead as a prospect. I think they're all good. I think they're all takes. Or should be takes, and some will slide inside and some won't. But I, 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 I'm just really impressed with Patrick Tukes. I think he's a guy that um, the Gamecocks have probably – the coaches are sitting around smiling about because they found him first, and that's always good. And this staff does a good job of that. So Patrick Tukes. Now, this next kid's another tight end, and he's a big guy, about 6'7", 225. Bryson Nesbitt from South Mecklenburg in Charlotte. He'd be another Joe Cox guy. Bobby Bentley offered him. Um, you know, he he's probably one of the more larger type tight ends, uh, the big six seven type guys. Um, our, our guys at Georgia, Mike Bobo, used a lot in his offense. Um, of course, he's he's a big athletic guy. Uh, so we'll see. You know, we'll see about him. I, I know that some of our posters that really follow recruiting. On the bigspur.com are really high on Nesbitt. Um, I, you know, ranking wise, 
you have to respect the upside and the fact that he's six seven. Uh, I don't think he's as good of a player as Robbie Oots from Rock Hill, but he may end up being. You know, it, it, he's he's an upside guy. Um, certainly, the Gamecocks have uh, been one of his early offers, and Charlotte's a big area in North Carolina. We talk about all that, all the big picture stuff from that state. Um, so I, I think he's another guy. You know, you, you can get in on and. Uh, you know, make some early noise with Charlotte's right up the road. You got Joe Cox, uh, that type of thing. Um, number five, uh, defensive tackle. This is a guy from the from North Carolina too, and uh, I love guys like this because you know it, it's North Carolina, it's the eastern part of the state, and it's a defensive lineman. That's usually a recipe for success. When we talk about D line heaven uh, and talk about it being both Carolinas. Most of your North Carolina defensive line guys come from, you know, east of Raleigh-Durham. And, and then that's not all the time. But it kind of starts in the triangle and goes over. You'll have some from Charlotte occasionally. And, of course, you know, the, the U.S. 74 corridor, which runs, you know, from Charlotte all the way over to Lumberton. You know, the Gamecock. I mean, think about how many guys have come out from there. You know, Melvin Ingram. Um defensive lineman, Travion Robertson, defensive lineman. You know, over in Fayetteville they have defensive linemen. They had a big kid that went to LSU a few years ago. Goldsboro, where this kid's from. Um, you know, going all the way back to Marquee Hall, uh, who didn't pan out, but who was one of the highest rated recruits game back in Concord. Um, so, you know, it goes all the way through there. And uh, it's strange. I mean, you can even go with other positions. I mean, Trenton Sturdivant, who played at Georgia, and Stephon Anthony, who played at Clemson and was a first-round draft pick, uh, also were from that area. You can kind of go in there. I think you, you always need to recruit you know, that part of North Carolina. Uh, but Nicholas Barrett is 6'4", 320, big interior D-line guy, uh, Eastern Wayne High School in Goldsboro, North Carolina, home of Dave Odom. Um, I've been to Goldsboro before. Uh I'll admit, I went to a gentleman's club in Goldsboro, North Carolina one time when I was on a trip up there. Uh, not for too long. <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that. I, you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't exactly the most happening place, but um, Goldsboro, North Carolina. Barrett's interesting. Gamecocks have offered. Tennessee has also offered and gotten in on him. You know, like I said, it's important to beat the Vols on South Carolina kids under any circumstances. It's also important to win your share against the Vols in North Carolina, especially the eastern part of the state. Uh, so I'm, I'm intrigued by this guy. You know, he, he doesn't have – I don't even think he has a picture in the database. Uh, but I'm intrigued by 6'4", 320, eastern North Carolina, D-tackle, Tennessee offer, South Carolina offer. I'm intrigued. Um, and the bigger guys on the interior – uh, that can play the zero technique, which by his judging by his measurables here, he's probably that's what he projects as. You know, you need those guys uh, to run the full scope of what Will Muschamp likes to run on defense when you when you get into the three man fronts, the odd fronts, stuff like that. So Nicholas Barrett, uh, look out for that guy. Uh, he was number five on my list, and then uh, Tremelius Tatum's Tremelius. Big, fast linebacker from Jonesboro, Georgia, Mount Zion. Uh, four-star guy, according to 24-7 Sports. Uh, visited Tennessee for their junior day last week. Has an offer from the Vols. Uh, listed 6'1", 210. He can run. Um, 
Pinn is a guy that I think uh, the Gamecocks really like and want. And so, chance to make an impression there. You know, with two guys coming in that we know about, uh, and there's actually three, uh, the running back from Alabama, I think Jalen White's his name, was at UT's Junior Day last weekend as well, and he's gone on the list. I didn't talk about him because he wasn't one of my half dozen. Uh, so, so you got a lot of guys that are coming right off of the Knoxville trip to Columbia. Um, and so when you're kind of looking at interdivision battles, um, it's a chance for the Gamecocks to counter uh, with the guys they want, you know, especially, you know, you got Ingram Dawson uh, and Barrett uh, and Tatums uh, that are kind of head-to-head uh, as things stand at this early period. So, you know, this junior days is, is going to be another opportunity. I mean, I – uh, like I said last week, uh, in the heading into the weekend segment or episode, players don't commit right at junior day anymore. They don't just go meet in the office and commit. They come home and do it. And that's what DeMarco Williams did. Um, you know, so what you want to do is have uh, commitments or you know, moves into the top position take place following the event. Uh, and then the kids will announce, you know, on their own, on their social media. They'll have a press conference uh, or whatever they do. So that's uh, that's those are my six uh, to really keep an eye on for the junior day uh, this coming weekend at South Carolina. You know, I, I think that uh, that's um, it's going to be interesting to kind of watch some of these guys. Just a few more odds and ends. You know, on Thursday after I recorded, Javon Kinlaw pulls out of the Senior Bowl. Uh, don't blame him. think he's done enough. You don't want to get injured in that situation. And um, I think he's done enough to play his way up. I think he was going to be a first-rounder regardless, but I think he could move more towards the top ten with a good combine and, and things like that. Um, and, you know, you just can't say enough about Kinlaw. You know, here's a guy that's overcome odds. Uh, he's a poster child for why in the state of South Carolina when, when we have players that, that are good enough to play college football, that are good enough to take advantage of the, the athleticism God blessed them with and have that opportunity, you know, that, that sometimes don't have the grades. Um, and people can say, well, it's because the system fails them or, or they didn't work hard enough early in their high school career or they didn't have the maturity. There's a myriad of reasons why guys don't qualify. Um, and and we have a lot of them, South Carolina, and the other Power Five program in the state does not take transfers, junior college or otherwise. Um, and they've had trouble up there getting junior college guys accepted for a while. And I think once they just kind of raise the level of their program, they just they just quit messing with it. And I don't blame them. You know, if they're not going to get help from their admissions department getting junior college players in and you're recruiting some of the top high school talent from around the country every year and winning national championships well yeah it's not worth the headache but at south south carolina the university of south carolina does um and you got a javon kenlaw situation i mean you know i that you know he went and got through juco came to south carolina played three good years and uh now could be approaching the top 10 in the NFL draft. Yet another defensive lineman uh, out of D-line heaven that's going to make good. And uh, Tony and I earlier this week were talking about Tion Evans, the the running back out of Hartsville that's at Hutchison Junior College right now in Kansas and is a difference maker. And if he makes it back, makes it to the NFL, that's another success story. So, I, you know, I, I think that's an advantage at the University of South Carolina 
Um, and, and, you know, hey, look, throw Dennis Daly in there too. Dennis Daly was at JUCO, started at left tackle, two games into his first year, started the whole next year. And, you know, like Tony said, the Panthers probably should have started him more <laughs> this year in the NFL. Uh, kid out of Columbia from Ridgeview that didn't qualify, but they put him at uh, Georgia Military, and away they go. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. you got to be resourceful at South Carolina when you're recruiting for football. Um, and I think getting, you know, using the junior colleges to your advantage uh, and the fact that you're the only major in-state option for JUCO kids that want to come home uh, after they've been in Kansas or Mississippi or California or wherever, I think using that, I mean, that, that's a good thing. It, it's not going to, you know, tilt the tide, uh, so to speak, but it's a, it's, it's a thing that can, you know, make your roster better than maybe people think that are just looking at recruiting rankings. Um, I think using the JUCO system. And I, and I, and I think back to Virginia Tech uh, under Frank Beamer, and they didn't use JUCOs. But uh, they did a lot of placement with Virginia kids in prep schools. And this is back when prep schools, you could get, you know, South Carolina got some prep school kids too. Um, that's back when you can use prep schools and, and get guys right back. The NCAA changed the rules. Um, so you can't use Fork Union uh, or Hargrave as efficiently as you once did. I mean, those, those postgraduate football programs have basically you know, gone by the wayside. Um, because the rules changed, and you can't get them in. You're better sending them to JUCO. Uh, but I think back to Virginia Tech, and, and when Frank Beamer was there and they had it rolling, they did a lot of that with Virginia kids that couldn't quite qualify. They'd go do a year at Fork Union and get them back. Um, they were great. Of course, Fork Union was right there in the state of Virginia, and so was Hargrave. Um, and so you you know when you're trying to build over time, I think using that to your advantage is is good, and you know UVA took some kids from from those prep schools, but uh, obviously the admission standards at UVA uh, were a little bit more difficult. Um, and, and I don't I don't think the admission standards at Clemson are you know somewhat. I don't think it's this vastly superior academic school to South Carolina. In fact, I I don't think it is. Um, I think it's a good school. I think, you know, just looking at academics, and I, I think University of South Carolina is a good school. Um, but their admissions, you know, from what I'm told, you know, as far as having to get into a specific program and all this other stuff, it's a little more difficult in terms of navigation uh, with how with how you got to get into Clemson. You know, so Clemson's not. I'm not calling Clemson the. But my point with all this is. I am not calling Clemson University the University of Virginia academically. Please don't. You know, they're really good at football. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that everybody needs to hand them the, the academic trophy right now either. <laughs> you know, you, just, you don't. They're not Duke, you know, um, or anything like that. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I, I think that's a good thing, just going off the Kinlaw thing, looking into that news and, and that situation this week, looking at the success and seeing how, you know, this could be a pattern that, that could be extremely positive uh, for the University of South Carolina in, in the sport of football. All right. So to recap, we got uh, Vanderbilt at South Carolina, 8 p.m., SEC Network, CLA tomorrow night, uh, junior day for, for the complete junior day list, for all the updates coming off the junior day, any kind of breaking commitments, 
uh, any of that, you know, log on to thebigspur.com. You can join if you're not a member. You just like listening to me on the podcast, which is fine. If you're not a member, you can join today for $1. Uh, VIP includes, you know, limited ads in the articles that we write, no ads on the message board, um, all the VIP content, posts, Q&As. Uh, the Q&As you can have with me on this podcast will be tied to that. Um, if you're an annual member and you join for the year, in other words, uh, you get what's called all-access VIP, which means you can go on our very robust Georgia message board and get the scoop from them. You can go on uh, all these teams that Gamecocks recruit against to get the scoop from their insiders. Um, Clemson, North Carolina, we have a big North Carolina site. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a great deal on 24-7 sports where you can go message board to message board and, and consume. It, it's, it's literally like a fire hose of college football information. Uh, on 24-7 Sports, and you get all that with an annual membership to thebigspur.com, plus Josh Pate, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, sorry, anyway, that's enough promotion uh, of the day. Keep in mind, Junior Day, um, you know, talked about the Kinlaw thing, uh, and I think that's about all the topics that I have. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can set it up on Spotify. Uh, the Stitcher app is another app. Uh, lots of things, lots of ways to consume the Inside the Game Cops podcast. I will be back Monday. I hope each and every one of you have a great weekend. Those of you that take my advice and go have beers in the Vista Saturday night, please be safe. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. This is J.C. Sherbert. This has been Inside the Gamecocks Daily. Have a great weekend, everyone.